Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Sacktown Talks. Today we have an interesting episode for you all. We have Matthew Silver and Jamie Zoller joining us from the California Association of Code Officers. Guys, thanks for joining the program. How's it going? Going well. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, so interesting. So you guys are part of the California Association of Code Officers. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about the association and kind of what are code officers? Well, KCO, the California Association of Code Enforcement Officers, is a statewide association that handles training, legislation, networking, um, all incumbent with for code enforcement officers. Um, for the response for what a code enforcement officer is, uh, a code officer is an officer in a city or a county uh, who oversees and enforces local building codes, uh, zoning laws and ordinances. We also handle health and safety issues such as substandard housing, porting, marijuana dispensaries, and most recently our roles kind of switched to handle COVID enforcement as well. And our goal is to ensure the quality of life for residents in our areas. I might add, if I could, that, you know, I think the best way to think of a code enforcement officer, number one, is that we're not peace officers. Correct. Uh, we are health and safety uh, officers. We're not sworn officers by and large. Secondly, I call us the Swiss Army tool of every city. We kind of do all the weird stuff or the stuff that the other departments, building, safety, planning, police don't deal with. A lot of quality of life issues. So I would say to your listeners, when they're thinking about you know, a problem in their neighborhood that bugs them every day or every night, when they're thinking about a, the, maybe the poor quality of housing they're living in, those kind of things, we're the ones who respond to those issues and deal with those issues. It's a really wide array of things that we deal with to keep communities safe and kind of just running. So that's interesting. So you guys basically have, a, I guess, like a code enforcement, uh, local government perspective, but you guys aren't peace officers, right? You guys aren't, you know, you guys don't carry guns. Uh, right. And you know, uh, formal training or academy. Is that correct? We, we do have formal training. Uh, and that's a kind of a recent thing, actually. For a long time, code enforcement didn't have kind of centralized standards or training. A couple of years ago, KCO uh, put forward a bill that got signed into law that created for the first time uh, set professional standards for what it means to be a certified code officer in the state. And KCO is the certifying body for that. So we're kind of getting our act together, so to speak, and professionalizing and making more uniform our uh, organization. But you're right. We don't carry guns. We're not peace officers. We're not, we don't want to be peace officers. We uh, appreciate what they do. We support what they do, but we are not they. We're the ones out in the community dealing with kind of those community quality of life issues. Although I'll, I'll tell you, and this may be a subject for a later question, um, we are increasingly being tasked with dealing with issues that have been kind of what you think of as traditional policing, drug dens, drug houses, uh, illegal cannabis grows, um, uh, prostitution issues, human trafficking issues. So right. it is kind of changing. That's interesting. So like, you know, I think first thing everyone hears is code enforcement officer. They automatically think like parking tickets. Is that totally different subset? Am I off there? There's some jurisdictions that would handle um, parking issues, parking citations. Um, but no, that's not at all what we focus on. Like Matt said, uh, we focus on that quality of life for um, the residents in the community and helping to make sure that things are safe for them, basically. Okay. So like in Sacramento, we have like an app called like 311. If you have a problem, you, you type it in the app and then somebody takes care of it, whether it's, you know, it's a, a random car in front of your house, uh, you know, or your neighbor's doing something. Uh, is that kind of 
kind of what we're talking about here where where you guys kind of help enforce you know county or city ordinances that's correct that's exactly what we do um there's different apps that each jurisdiction does have for their city for their citizens to be able to report different things um, whether it's um, the smell of or the odor of marijuana coming from their neighbor's house or short-term vacation rental issues or hoarding issues or trash, junk, debris, anything like that. That's the type of things that we will handle. Oh, interesting. And kind of, I, I guess, as you, as you brought up, you know, for the past year, COVID-19 has been present. And I, I guess you guys have taken a, a new role kind of enforcing a lot of these county health orders. Can you kind of talk to us about that and how that's kind of gone this past year? Absolutely. Uh, we have been handling anything from mask enforcement to making sure that um, people are wearing masks out in the public or in businesses um, at various um, stages, the yellow stage, orange stage, whatever stage that county or uh, region is in, um, to um, making sure that those businesses are closed or they're not operating during um, certain levels. Thank goodness right now we're not having to deal with that and most of our businesses are open and things are changing greatly and the mask requirements are changing. So our role is continuing to change even with that. Yeah, as I imagine, you know, a lot of these COVID-19 issues were, uh, people were very passionate about it. You know, you see a lot of grocery stores and increasing their, uh, you know, armed presence, uh, you know, because people were uh, upset about mask mandates, things like that. Kind of what, what kind of risks has, have health officers seen out there, or code enforcement officers seen uh, kind of enforcing a lot of these things this, this past year? Just what you explained, irate people, angry, frustrated people. Um, we're all um, in similar situations where we're having to deal with job losses and, um, you know, people dying in our families and all sorts of very stressful situations. Um, so people's stress levels and um, lack of patience is running high. So when that happens, then Obviously, uh, the code enforcement officers, law enforcement, and other people are their um, safeties. So, yeah, it's a great point about COVID. I mean, it's definitely the dangers are escalated for code enforcement officers, kind of thrust out in the field, enforcing these COVID rules. However, this is nothing new. We deal with uh, some really touchy issues. We go on private property, which raises some real sensitivities. And, you know, that can include going into a slumlord's property where they've got a bunch of tenants, they're taking rent from them. They don't appreciate us being there and getting in the way of their revenue. This might be dealing with things like, you know, cannabis, where we've got this kind of state experiment, I would call it, to legalize a portion of cannabis. But in order for that, those cultivators to survive legally, the illegal ones have to be shut down. And these can be some touchy issues as well. So it's not new, but it is uh, escalating. Yeah, I guess it's an interesting point. So as, as non-sworn, um, you know, enforcers of, of the law, how do you guys handle these situations? And, and I guess at what point do you call law enforcement in to help assist you with uh, what you're doing? I guess kind of what's your hammer to enforce a lot of this stuff? That's a great question. How do we handle it? Uh, I think it just is on a case by case basis. Uh, it depends if we have knowledge that um, there's a, an issue at the property or there's some type of volatile situation, we absolutely will take law enforcement with us because they have the tools to be able to protect us because we do not. Um, if we don't know what we're walking into, that's where the danger really comes in too. Um, we have many situations and scenarios um, personally and um, from our, our partners that have gone through different things and different scenarios where it was just an average call. And it was just, I was going to knock on someone's door or something as simple as that. So you just really don't know. No, definitely not. I, I imagine there's a lot of uh, uncertain things. I remember, you know, back in 
2010, I worked as a, as a census worker and just going door to door and just kind of, you never know what's behind those doors. And it's not, no. definitely not a fun experience. I can only, only imagine when you went uh, and kind of you know, tried to enforce some things. But I guess, you know, is it, is it mostly, you know, writing letters and, and civil fines? Is that kind of what, what these people are looking at? Okay. <laughs> we've got, we've got kind of a whole toolbox of tools that we use. It, it escalates in code enforcement almost across the board. Number one, we're reactive in nature. So we get involved when a neighbor or sometimes a tenant in like a substandard building calls us. We're not out there looking for violations by and large. We don't have the personnel or the time for that. So we'll do an inspection. A, a kind of an in-person conversation with the individual. Uh, then there's a letter, it's a notice of violation saying, here's the violations you've got by this time to fix it and here's how to fix it, right? So they've got a chance there to do it voluntarily. If it doesn't work, then they'll usually issue some kind of local fine. We call it an administrative fine. It's like a parking ticket pretty much yeah. uh, to kind of encourage compliance. If that doesn't work, then we go to court and court oftentimes is civil enforcement and that can take different aspects. Right. So it is interesting. I, I guess, you know, as part of the association, I guess, you know, I guess who is part of the association kind of what, what are the things you guys are, are working on this year? Uh, the association is made up of um, code enforcement officers from around the state of California. They consist of managers, line level officers, supervisors, um, we have um, technicians, code techs, um, so it's all encompassing. So um, that is who Casio is really made of. And is it is it a, a city and county thing, or is you know do some counties have their own thing encompassing cities as well? Or well, Casio is a statewide Casio is a statewide association, so it encompasses all um, city and county. So anyone can participate in that training. And like Matt was saying before. Uh, more often not, then these officers are becoming certified through our association as well to uh, obtain that training for anything from officer safety to zoning and landing, land use regulations, anything to that nature. So uh, as Jamie, as, as Jamie could uh, attest to, code enforcement, our association is made up of uh, a lot of different folks, code enforcement officers, code enforcement managers, uh, county people, city people, anybody who's involved in code enforcement uh, is a part of our group in the state or a statewide organization. Uh, we're really busy. We're involved in a lot. We're really trying to push the profession and uh, help ensure that we can continue meeting the statewide goals and uh, policies that our legislators are setting for us. So uh, this year, our focus has been on code enforcement officer safety. We can't meet those goals. We can't protect our communities if we're not safe in doing our jobs. And Unfortunately, the safety standards just have not caught up to um, the work that we're doing. And so one bill we have right now is Senate Bill 296. This bill would require every city and county to establish safety standards for code enforcement officers specific to the threats they face in their jurisdiction. So we recognize that code officers in different places around the state face different issues. So it's not a one size fits all approach. It just simply says cities and counties, you have to have some kind of standards it's got to be specific to the threats we face. Okay. And I guess SB 296, who's, who's carrying that bill and kind of who's supporting it? Senator Limon uh, out of the Ventura County area is supporting it. We are so thankful to her and her team for carrying this bill and uh, helping us push this important cause. Uh, the Congress on Racial Equality, uh, I think, is a supporter worth mentioning. Uh, they recognize that code enforcement officers are 
really, I would say the main people on the front lines trying to improve communities that are struggling, communities that often core and their partners serve that are really trying to improve and and make it a better, safer place. So we we really appreciate their support. Uh, We have support from other housing groups. Uh, There really is no opposition to this bill. Oh, interesting. Yeah, kind of without everything brought out in the last year with kind of inequities and so forth, you guys are are right at the center of, of, you know, enforcing a lot of these things that, uh, you know, try to keep an even playing field out there. So thank you for that. Um, I guess, you know, before we go, you know, a lot of us haven't been in social settings. I imagine when you guys go to a cocktail party, people ask you what you do and you say you're a code enforcement officer and they're like, what is that? Do you guys each have, you know, a story that explains not only what you do, but something funny that's happened in, in your world of code enforcement? Goodness. That's a good question. And yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I, th- I think some of the, the funnier ones that we've had to deal with or that I've had to deal with personally um, is trying to identify a chicken to see what if it's a chicken or a rooster. I mean, <laughs> this whole education on chickens that's gone on, um, they have service chickens now too. So, um, oh, wow. just, you know, there's, they're important, not oh, just for wow. eggs. That's funny. Mm-hmm. What, what about yourself, Matt? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny. I was, I was offered a job as a code officer when I was in college I had no idea what the heck a code officer was. And, you know, I'm actually a practicing lawyer and a certified code officer. I represent code folks throughout the state. And uh, it's it's funny, I, tr- I still struggle to explain it to folks. What do we do? So I, I like to just say, we keep communities clean. If you, if you have an issue you complain about, we're the ones dealing with that issue, right? right. Um, funny story, you know, I, gosh, something I love about it is uh, you never see, you never cease to be amazed. It's always something new. I remember having a lot of bizarre cases, but one of them was a uh, illegal cockfighting ring with also coupled up with an unlicensed dentistry office. So I guess it was like a bet on rooster number five and then go get your molar fixed or something. Interesting combination there. That's too much. That's funny. Both involving chickens. So uh, right. Right. good good poultry out there going on. <laughs> Good to know. You know, everyone's doing those backyard chicken things these days. You know, I can just see, I can see that being a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the lighter side of it. Obviously we deal with some really heavy issues with housing. That's a really big thing. I, I read some stat the other day that there's like, you know, tens of millions of people in our country who are living in substandard housing. You know, we may be a really rich economy, but we have a tremendous substandard housing crisis in California. Ghost ship fire in Oakland, 36 people died or so, something around there. That was that's exactly something we we deal with and try to do better to prevent. And encompassing too with that is you know like Matt was saying it's not all funny or um, you know with the substandard housing, but it's it can be very dangerous. Um, you know, spinoff too from KCO, our association has been the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation, which is actually focused on officer safety um, specifically, and um, because of certain situations. Um, like uh, Jill Robinson from the city of Utah, I'm sorry, the, the state of Utah uh, in 2018, uh, she had an open property nuisance case at um, a location. She went to the property to meet um, the homeowner to talk about all the violations. And he showed up with a gun and shot her through her city truck door and then lit her on fire and let the neighbor's house on fire. So, I mean, just very tragic things like that. And she was just going there for a regular um, you know, talking to the person and just at that first meetup. Yeah. Yeah. We've had about 20 code officers actually murdered in the line of duty. And 
I think, you know, most people don't know what a code officer is, and they certainly aren't going to know the risks that we face. So, whereas, you know, we face all sorts of threats, intimidation, all sorts of things. You can imagine people aren't always appreciative. Uh, of course, the people who call and complain, the tenants whose lives we save, they're appreciative. But, um, you know, these other folks aren't so appreciative. So all the more reason we're so thankful uh, for you helping us spread this awareness and having us on your show to talk about what it is we do and good hearted people trying to do good things. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, before we go, can you, I guess, give us some information about how we can find a little bit more about the association online and I guess find you on social media and stuff like that? Absolutely. Thank you for asking that. Um, KCO has a website. It's kcocaceo.us. You can find us there. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Our website has um, all of our information about how to contact us, how to volunteer, how to become involved in our profession, and our social media platforms assist us with um, advertising our training and certification processes for people that are in the code enforcement profession. Yeah. And I guess one, one last question for you before you guys go. If, if some of our listeners have some, some issues, they think are, are they a code enforcement issue, what, what's the best way to, I guess, notify you guys to come, come take a look at and kind of, um, kind of address it? Each jurisdiction has um, a website. Um, for instance, I'm in the San Diego County area. Um, so it just depends on what city or county that you live in. They will have a website and a code compliance, code enforcement, or community enhancement and safety um, link on their websites that you can click on and file complaints online. And, and I guess are these complaints usually, uh, what do they call that? Unanimous, um, you know, anonymous, anonymous, right? <laughs> um, cause I think that's always an apprehension people have. Oh, if I narc this person out, they'll know it's me and then I'm going to get it. Of course. No, they mostly, um, I know that every jurisdiction, um, in San Diego County, um, is all anonymous because of that reason. They don't want to, uh, have the person complaining, fearing retribution, or any type of retaliation. So we really do protect um, the people who are complaining. They're anonymous by law mm -hmm. uh, in the state. And so uh, for that very reason, right? A neighbor, a lot, it's almost always a neighbor complaining about a neighbor or a tenant complaining about their, their landlord. And so uh, for that reason, it's anonymous by law. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for taking some time and explaining to us about coding officers. It was definitely educational, and uh, it was great. It'd be an interesting episode. So thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you for having us. All right. Thank you for having thank us. Guys.